that was our first night. Um, and we might or may not have drank about a handle of vodka in your room before we went out. Not just you and I. So your, uh, both of our judgment was probably significantly impaired at that point. That was the night yeah. I woke up my underwear in the hallway. You're listening to the Faster Freedom Show, hosted by us, Sam Prim and Lucas Walls, investors, entrepreneurs, and best friends. Two millennial Midwesterners who started a real estate side hustle and now own $40 million in rentals without using any of our own money. Now we're two average guys teaching other people how to use real estate investing to create financial freedom and generational wealth. If you're ready to learn how to take control of your future using real estate investments the simple way and have fun while doing it, you're in the right place. Let's start today's show. Hello and welcome to the Faster Freedom Show. My name is Sam. And I'm Lucas. And Lucas, did you know that we scaled pretty heavily from 2020 to 2022? Yeah, it's almost like there was some intentionality behind it or something. I know, it, there was. We it didn't we, just happen. We stepped on the gas. Yeah, gas pedal, hit the NOS button. NOS! What, what do you call a gas pedal in an electric vehicle? That's an accelerator. That probably that, yeah. That's a great question, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty next level in my questions. Let's, let's just stick with gas pedal. I okay, like gas. gas pedal's fine. Yeah. Gas on the right, brake on the left. Is so that the same with electric vehicles? It is, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. So what we're going to do in this episode is we are in part five of a six-part series where Lucas and I are going over our journey. We broke our journey from 2014 to now into six phases, and we gave that presentation at our local meetup about a month ago now. So what we're doing now is we're kind of going back over that presentation and just giving you guys this and gals is glimpses of that here um, on the podcast. So phase one was school. We talked about the quote unquote school that how we learned phase two was kind of our first deal, a dollar and a dream. Phase three was investing with full-time jobs. Phase four was quitting our full-time jobs and the steps we did right when we quit. And now we are into phase five, which is around that 2020 timeframe. And this is when we really scaled. This is when we really stepped it up. We went from, um, we went from, uh, you know, I guess I don't remember exactly how much it was, but we how much we had, but we bought about twenty five million dollars worth of real estate in eighteen months in yeah. this time frame. Yeah, quality real estate too, and I I think this is we had like a you know we were kind of had a vanity metric there for a while, like number of doors, number of doors, number of doors, and we really shifted our mindset to a value of the portfolio, and that allowed us to to focus on buying higher quality assets. So uh, that's when we we we. That is one of the things that helped us go, uh, you know, add $25 million of really high quality assets instead of buying like 200 doors of little, little crap houses somewhere. So, uh, yeah, it was a mindset shift for sure. Yep. And then we're going to kind of go over the three main factors that allowed us to scale. And then we're going to go over some of the biggest challenges in this time frame, and then some of the biggest wins in this time frame as well. Um, before we go into how we were able to scale from zero to 280 doors, $45 million worth of real estate in general. We'll walk you through that journey a little bit. Who is this episode brought to you by, Lucas? Jeez, it's those guys again over at Prime Corporate Services. Those PCSs. Man, just what they do is just unbelievable. And it's it's funny how it's stuff that we need every single day. Like uh, in our businesses, obviously your businesses too, you guys can use them from when you first started 
uh, to, to set up an LLC and get your bookkeeping right to where like Sam and I are to estate planning and, and business planning. And they, they, they just do it all. Yeah. No, the, and they're, they're every single person, every single student, every single person that listens and goes through our link has really, really positive things to say. They really have their stuff together. So they're, that's why they're the only sponsor of this podcast. So um, check out the show notes below. And if you want a free LLC, we will set that up for you for free. Mm. It's a free 45 minute consult, a minimum, just talk on the phone for 45 minutes and get all the knowledge you can and all the guidance you can and all the, you know, heading that you can. And then, you know, move on if you want. You don't Is have legal to. zoom still a thing. I don't know, but it smashes legal. Oh zoom. yeah. You when get we, like an actual person. Yeah. When, um, when we did our legal zoom set up at the bar, it was like answer questions. Yeah. You know, the we answer like, to. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was, you know, almost 10 years ago now, but yeah, they're, yeah, they're incredible. Yeah. And they do it all for you. All right. So Lucas, the very first thing of the three things, that's a very broad word, um, was focus. Why don't you talk a little bit about, I feel like, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll bring in the conversation, how we set things up to this point, but you listen to episodes one through four and you'll, you'll get that. But anyways, want to talk about focus a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, three three things, three main things, simple things that don't I'll, tell them the other two. Don't tell them yet. No. All right. That allowed us it's to called teasing uh, to really start scaling, and uh, the first one is focus. Um, and there's a lot of aspects to focus, and we'll, we'll I'll hit on some, and Sam will. But uh, first one to me is just, you know, this is this is after the next step after we made the full. Uh, jump to full-time real estate investors. So number one, we were just surrounded by it, it every single second instead of just on, on nights and weekends, right? So we're we're surrounded by it. We, we breathe it. We live it. We're able to come across deals that we normally wouldn't see. And uh, we're, we're diving all in on real estate at this point because we're around it every day. So that's, that's one of the things. And the other thing is we just started to figure out what we really wanted to, to buy. We talked about um, switching that mindset from value of the asset versus number of doors. Um, and then within real estate, there's you know multiple different ways to own rental property. Um, we've tried a lot of them. Um, but at, at this point, we really knew that the way we wanted to get to our, our end goal, um, whatever that is, is to... Um, multifamilies, usually between five and 50 units is our mm -hmm. sweet spot. We like that sweet spot. Because we may be com coming out with a little bit of a, um, of a, of a course that teaches people yeah. how to buy five to 50 unit multifamilies using none of their own money. Our way too, because the way that we came up with it is uh, super unique to it us. It is. It's not like um, me teaching the burr, which there's so many different yeah. avenues of the burrs. It's just tweaking something that's really great. We kind of vented ours from scratch and it's a really yeah. unique way to do it. so anyways that's you know that's, that, that, that's we're a while out for that but yeah. we're working on that now yeah and we and we kind of you know threw together our first couple apartment deals but uh really wanting and knowing that we were going to dive all in on five to 50 apartments and figuring out this structure that sam's talking about uh allowed us to add large chunks quickly and therefore scale quickly so super cool during this time frame we added a uh, uh a 29 unit a seven unit apartment complex. Um, we'll get to those wins, obviously. Um, a 19 unit apartment complex. Uh, those are the apartment side of things. Mm -hmm. You said and, seven, but you meant 27. Yeah, 29, 27, and 19 we added in 18 months. And those are just the apartment side of things. We'll get into everything else, but we knew we wanted A-class apartments and we freaking went after them. Um, and I think like this was like start of COVID mm -hmm. and uh, everybody's kind of pushing out of the cities 
a little bit. You remember mm-hmm. that? And yep. we're, we're like, we think they're going to come back to the mm-hmm. city. So yep. uh, we were able to find some deals in the good part of our metropolitan area in the de- closer to the downtown area than we've ever been uh, and, and, and went all in on them because we just had the belief that people are going to come back and they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so five to 50 apartments and uh, single family houses. That's our bread and butter. Uh, we added 56-ish single family houses um, last year. Uh, alone. So we knew we wanted to keep down that path because those are assets that we believe in in the long term are going to be well sought after by both tenants, by by big money on Wall Street. Like we just want to own those assets because other people want them. Yeah. And I think just getting a clear focus on we were the goals were always to grow wealth and create wealth, Lucas. But the goal before that was replace your job. Then the goal was after we quit to stabilize the companies that we were running and to like, and we kind of had everything in place where, all right, everything's kind of rock and roll to a certain degree. So let's focus a lot of our time and energy on buying as many wealth producing assets. It was intentional, like you said, and it was also like, we're able to get deals because the connections we've made. Some people are scared right now because of COVID. And we basically decided that we were just going to do it and like, you know, continue to push forward. I lost that last point. What was it? So we completely lost. So we, oh yeah. Um, and the, the, the environment was great for interest yeah. rates were still very low when we bought most of these. So um, yeah. it was a, we were getting deals. People were leaving real estate was still going up in value and interest rates were low. That was a recipe for us to, you know, really put the foot on the gas because I mean, not all of that, I think, is going to always be aligned like it was, or For very sure. rarely. Yeah, good point. It was a it was a beautiful, perfect storm, because you can't you can't just think, hey, I want a hundred doors, or I want a hundred million dollars worth of assets, or whatever you want, and expect it to fall on your lap. That that's the first step is getting clear, but your actions, your everyday actions, have to align with what your goals are and what your what your core focus is, and um, what. A big part of what helped us with that was was a book called Traction, right? Yep. Traction's a, a good book. It just basically if you focus on what you want and you want to grow companies and, and you know, organize your your the structure of your small business, Traction is a great book for that. Um, I'm sure we'll link it in the show notes. If not, we have had it linked before. It's just Traction by Gina Wickman. Um, it's a great book that just gives you kind of some cadence and some structure to your meetings, to your weeks, to your months, to your years to help you achieve your goals. So that was big for us. For sure. All right, what, what's number two? Yeah, so, you know, Sam talked about adding $25 million worth of uh, portfolio value in this 18-month stretch we call scaling here in phase five. Uh, in order to buy $25 million with none of your own money, uh, you have to have your financing lined up. So so number two uh, reason that, that we were able to scale is uh, we got our financing dialed in. And this is something that had taken years to develop. This was something where we had been building it and then all of a sudden stepped on the gas. It's not like we decided in, you know, summer of 2020 that we needed to start building relationships with private lenders. Mm -hmm. No, we had been building relationships with private lenders since 2014. So this is something that all the work we had put into kind of came to fruition when we needed the funding, it was already there. So Mm -hmm. the three main sources that we worked on and we can kind of briefly get into is private lenders, hard money lenders, and banking relationships. So we had been developing relationships with shoot probably five to seven really good um, private money lenders that we had been dealing with and paying and doing quick in and out deals doing some smaller apartment deals paying them back on time communicating with them and really building a strong relationship so then when it came to the point where we needed to raise 750 grand it was 
three phone calls or the point where we needed to raise for the um, self-storage facility or for the um, 42 pack a million bucks. It was one Zoom call. So we had been developing those relationships yeah. so we could really strike and be able to make quick offers knowing that we we're going to be able to come up with the down payment through private lenders. For sure. Yeah. And I'm going to break those out a little little bit more in detail if you're okay with that. Samuel Do it. Jackson. Do it. Um, uh, so uh, at this time, Dialed on our focus, let's just talk about single families and multifamilies. Single families. So there's multiple different types of financing that you need for the burst strategy. And that's what we're still doing at this point, still to this day, uh, whether it's, you know, one at a time or 42 at a time, it doesn't really matter. The point is buy it as discount, fix them up, refinance on the back end. So initial purchase and rehab funds private lenders, hard money lenders. We had to get that lined up. So we, we have a, a pool of money that we like to keep busy, right? So our, we call that our short-term money out. And we have a threshold that, that we like. Uh, our risk tolerance is, you know, probably around a million bucks that we like our short-term money out. That means we can be doing, you know, five to 10 deals at a time uh, on the short-term side before we're able to refinance on the back end. So we got to have that front-term, front uh, front loaded money or whatever, uh, short term money, and then be able to refinance with the bank on the back end, which is the second part of the financing for the birth strategy. So we had to know and realize where our guidance limits are on multiple different banks. Um, cause we never want to get into a situation where, uh, we go to refinance and a bank's like, Oh no, you're, you're, you're out, you're out of, you're out of limit here. You can't have any more loans with us. So we need to have other banks ready to go, uh, to be able to execute that, that, uh, the refinance on the birds. Yeah. I think the thing is to just have a handful of private lenders, hard money lenders if possible and banks to be able to kind of mix and match the best deal for the best banks, because not every bank's work in the same areas, like the same type of deals, have the same aggressiveness, this kind of ebbs and flows. So having multiple of all of those options, short-term and long-term, short-term being private and hard money, long-term being banks is is key. And that really helped us, I think, having having those and, and you know, just being able to confidently put in offers and know yeah. they were going to be able to, to actually execute on it. For sure. And on the apartment side, you know, it's, it's a little different. You go straight to, we go straight to bank financing right off the jump. Uh, you need a down payment, which is could be several hundred thousand dollars up to millions of dollars. Um, so like uh, uh, this 19 unit that we bought, it was four point six five million dollars for 19 units. Right. Mm -hmm. That's how that's how nice it was. So uh, you have to have the bank ready to go for that 80 percent of the four point six five. But you also have some capital partners that are willing to stay in these deals a little longer than a burst. So uh, we, we partnered with some people able to put together that down payment and uh, went went and took that thing down. Yep, for sure. So we were focused on what we wanted. We had a clear vision and a clear path to do it. We had built up enough, um, you know, business and systems and processes to be able to focus on this. We had our financing lined up and we continue to tweak it and grow it and, and cultivate it as well as build on what we had been doing. And then a huge part of it, and this is kind of teasing part six a little bit, but we're going to go into way more detail in part six is having a team, having somebody to be able to let us focus on you mainly analyzing and, and working on deals and me kind of focus on negotiating and or, you know, wor worrying about raising the funding so we can kind of be in our genius zone because we still have other businesses to run. We didn't focus 45, 50 hours a week on this. Right. Um, so we just focus more than usual uh, at this time. And yeah, basically just having the team to do the things that they're better than us at and that we didn't want to do. Yeah. RGAs, right? 
uh, allowing us to focus on revenue generating activities. Ooh, that, I was thinking Robert Griffin authority. <laughs> Robert Griffin authority. I did not get that one, but you get you filled it in. Remember when we saw me. Robert Griffin in uh, oh in, yeah in Vegas. So so on Luke's bachelor party, we saw um, Robert Griffin at a J Cole concert at the club on top of the Flamingo yeah, Dre's. Dre's right? Yeah, oh, and rooftop. It was it was. Uh, Lucas still does. You don't believe me, it, right? It wasn't him. It was Odell Beckham. No, Jr. I think Robert Griffin was there as well. Okay. Because I saw somebody that had um, like long beaded dread, like yeah. you know that. When I think Robert of Vegas, Griffin, I just don't think of Robert Griffin. I think of Odell. I do Beckham. as well, but I mean, I that was our first night, um, and we might or may not have drank about a handle of vodka in your room before we went out not just you and i so your both of our judgment was probably significantly impaired at that point that was the night i woke up my underwear in the hallway oh goodness how did you get in the room i don't know you didn't have a key with you i obviously did have a key because i got in the room i think you went down the front desk didn't you? well i went into the room not really remembering much first night in vegas went into the room and then woke up in the hallway in my underwear mm. but i obviously had been in the room because my clothes were in there and my phone was in there yeah and uh then i went uh, down to the front desk in my underwear yeah. and uh, i think you a key and had arrested him, you and had them get me in yeah and uh, they're like are you sure this is your room i was like yeah here's my i found my wallet somehow it was in like the nightstand drawer by the bible like why would i put it in there and yeah. i was like this is me this is me and we saw Robert Griffin that night. There and we, we saw go. Jay Cole. I don't think I I didn't make it the whole concert. Yeah, I left early. I'm not going to ask what you did that night, but I left early. RGAs is where that started. Revenue generating <laughs> activities. So, so we had at this time we're we're starting to build out our property. Not, not your bachelor party at the time. We're jumping back to 2020, yeah, right? Okay. Jumping back. To your bachelor party 2021, was 2021, 2022. 20, like 15 was your bachelor party, right? Yep, March 2015. We, we had, went to Vegas. It was like 80 degrees. We had two doors that yeah. time, at that time. Yeah, we were, we were big deals. Big, we were, we were, yeah. I was broke. Vegas can't handle us. Yeah, it was like $40 drinks. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, why did we choose here? Yeah. She went was, to a lake like yours. Yeah, so we, yeah, that was your Lake the Ozarks was my bachelor party. It was, we were all just out of college and nobody had any money. So we went to my parents' lake house. Yeah, yeah. We had that, some fun. Yeah, your dad drove us to the, or drove a boat to the bar for us, right? Yep. <laughs> I, I think I punched a, I remember. Uh, uh, towel dispenser a hand towel dispenser off the wall nice. well i'm a badass so you had a broken hand then and you have a broken bone now i have too. a broken rib now and i didn't <laughs> i didn't punch i didn't break my hand doing punching that i broke well, my hand punching punched you people. obviously i wish that was it all right ribs broken all right so onto the team so yeah um, we're going to get into this a little bit so a little bit of a teaser for next um episode but having a, a team do the things and being able to rely on other people because yeah. two people can only do so much right we have multiple companies uh and multiple streams of revenue to keep an eye on so we need people to help us run those and we're going to really dig into how to build that team yeah. to me the, the most one. important pieces were like you know construction and maintenance and then also the property management team and getting that built up and strong enough to be to allow us to focus on just adding more cash flowing assets and going out and looking for deals and setting up the structure and finding the money and then just uh, buying those good deals and passing them off to our awesome property management team and us not have to worry about the back end so much was a ex extremely important part of how we were able to scale during during those months. Yeah, and I love it. And we're looking at a a, a pretty massive package right now of properties and we're not set up to manage them right now but i love talk with uh, frock our our guy who runs um this company and he was like um richard frock and he was like i don't know we'll figure it out you buy it, we'll figure out how to manage yeah. it so i love not having that fall on us it falls on us 
at the end of the day, but not really. He's like, yep. I'll make it work, which yep, is cool. We, and we will. Yep. Super cool. So those are three three main things that allowed us to scale so quick. Focus, financing, and team. Yep. All right. So some challenges at this time were, um, Lucas mentioned a little bit earlier, but property management. We were growing so quickly. We're like, we're not going to pass up on this deal because we don't quite have the management figured out. We will figure it out as we go. And we did. And we don't want to, you know, have a lapse in, you know, managing. We want to be able to manage properly and treat people fairly and, and communicate. But we're like, we're going to buy these deals and figure out the property management. That was a little bit bumpy for a little while. Yeah, and also bookkeeping was a big challenge. Uh, it's challenging in general for, for a large portfolio to to keep up with uh, with the books. You know, there's a lot of ticky tack checks that go out and a lot of checks that come in, right? So a lot of transactions. Um, but we also had some some personnel changes on the bookkeeping side too that we had to figure out too. So uh, uh, just keeping up with the books and getting our fin- financial reportings up to date has, has, has been a challenge. Honestly, it's still a little bit of a challenge. So very much a challenge. Yeah. Yep. I think that's just goes to show us growing so much and we haven't really, we haven't scaled at this pace, but we haven't really slowed down. Our education business has grown. We're trying to scale our flipping. We're always trying to grow things. Um, and then some big wins. Lucas mentioned a few of them, but in this time, in this timetable, we bought two self storage facilities, a 29 unit apartment complex, a 27 unit apartment complex, a 19 unit apartment complex, a 42 pack of single family rentals and probably 25 to 31 off single family at rentals. least i would say at least so yeah so we added a lot of properties those are kind of going over like the actual um you know unit numbers but that was about 25 million in real estate yeah. in less than two years so this is a fun phase is what you're it saying it was a lot of fun yeah and honestly we didn't even really know it was to this extent or this extreme while we were in it we were no. just kind of having fun doing deals mm-hmm. then all of a sudden like uh middle last year we kind of looked back we we're like holy shit we bought a lot what do we yeah. do <laughs> yeah we got to figure this out so now. that was fun so you know we're not we're not buying these two you know just just to buy them we we have a good time doing this it's a lot it's a lot of fun i mm-hmm. love building wealth and and building our portfolio and seeing where the heck we can take this thing for sure for sure all right, so that was that. Next episode is going to be on how to uh, grow a team and how we're doing it because we're definitely doing it way differently than most people. So if you're hearing this right when it comes out, uh, before look forward to the next one. If the next one's already out, check it out. All right, so before we get rocking, let's play the net worth game. What do you want to do? Net worth. Um, you know, NBA finals are coming up. Um, we've done no, – we're, we're in the NBA playoffs. Finals are probably coming up by the time this comes out. Um, I don't know. Do you want to just do basketball players? Keep we it can, simple? yeah. We or keep it simple. We yeah, no, this will be this will be out uh, next week, so it will it'll still be in the uh, or we could do owners final game. Owners, we owners can do that. Of the teams that are left. All right. Um, I I don't. Does Pat Riley see the GM? Yeah, he doesn't own okay, the I, I think we should should do Pat Riley. Okay, let's so we can do Pat, Pat Riley net worth and then. Um, who else could we do? Either owner or a big GM. We could do Rob Palinka. Yeah, Rob would be a good one. He's a GM. Or we do the the Bus family would be fun too. Jeannie, Jeannie, Jeannie Bus. Bus. Jeannie yep. Bus. Mm-hmm. Let's cute. do Jeannie Bus and Pat Riley. Okay, perfect. Um, you look up Pat Riley, or I'll do Pat Riley's net worth. What do you think? Pat Riley didn't get made much as a player, obviously. Or, yeah, he's or been a coach for a probably while. Probably not much as a coach at the time either. Yeah. Um, yeah, this might be tough. I'm gonna say Pat Riley, seventy-five million. That's a pretty good guess. Um, Are you looking it up? I am. I'm yeah, going to go. I'm gonna go fifty million. Okay, what do you got? Pat Riley net worth eighty million. Man, you're crushing Ooh. these, you little shit. Six four, seventy-six years old. Dang, he's a stud. That dude uh, is I a also, stud. I also see hundred twenty million. 
I heard a cool story about 120 million looks like what it's at. I, so you were way off, but I was less. I was even more off. I heard a cool story about uh, the Heat trying to get like uh, free agent players, and uh, just like it shows you how long their coach has been there now for the past ten years, and that's who people look at is like, you know, the the main figure in that organization. Spolstra. Yeah, mm-hmm. Eric, and uh, they, they were courting uh, new free agent players, and someone looked at Pat Riley and was like. Uh, asked his wife, like, who, who is that? Like, didn't even know who he was. Like, yeah. that just shows you, like, the time is kind of changing. Yeah, and they're, cool. and they're got a great culture there, which is big. Yeah. I mean, they're they're freaking an eight seed, potentially about to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, so. yeah they're rocking and rolling. All right, Jeannie Buss, owner, family, been passed down for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, <laughs> owner of the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's say, I'm going to say... I'm, I'm thinking that's probably most of the, her net worth is that, and I don't know how much she owns of it. She yeah. probably owns like 55% or something. Yeah. But I'm going to go $7 billion. I'm Ooh. assuming she makes money elsewhere. I'm assuming that this they were able that fame was able to buy the Lakers with some other business that's still around, but maybe not. Yeah, it could be that high. Jeez. That made me think a little bit. I'm going to go $2 billion. The Lakers got to be worth like four or five themselves. Oh, that's a great point. No, you said two. I said seven. Go. No, I'm going to raise it. Okay. Thanks for the help. Five, four. Four, all right. Four it's probably like five. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a year and a half ago. I don't think it's as high as we were. I should have stuck with my original one. Everything I'm seeing is saying um, five around $500 million. She must not own very much of the yeah. Lakers because the Lakers, she must she's own a, a very only, small only percentage. 61. Yeah, she's awesome. Ask how what look what well, I'm doing the end. Look at what percentage of the Lakers she owns because right, 500 good. million is probably have to be 20. percent Anyways, all right. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share this with a friend. That's a huge thing we're trying to get pushed out right now. We're in our mid mid late 80s episodes, and we really need you to share this with your friends that you that you think would benefit from the teachings, the fun, the banter, all the stuff. So um, write us a review, give us a rating, share mm. this. You don't have to, but be a lot cooler if you did how well how much does she own so the bus family owns 66 67 percent but there are six bus children okay so she's just part of the family then in the trust owns it i believe okay yeah that's that's crazy like so the new son's owner owns like 57 percent, but they're like he's the owner even yeah. though he barely owns half which yeah. is a lot still but yeah well, there's so many like minority owners for all of these teams like there's probably hundreds of them yeah that's i mean that's kind of how we're gonna have to probably structure it when we yep. bring that nba team to sto let's go you're up three because oh, boy. i you're up three I because like i five but that's you right. get three it was four and then i made the last one you missed our your napkin shot at, at lunch the other day too we're gonna count that we're not counting right. that I was 10 feet further away than you were. Oh, man. That's a tough one. I know. that You're up three. I'm making it tougher on you. Thank you. That was way long. You think? Yeah. That was like the six wall first. long. Okay, here we go. Ah. Up two. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you got some major value from our conversation. If you love what you learn, make sure you like, rate, review the show, and help us spread the word by telling a friend. If you'd like to learn more about working with me inside one of my programs, we'll have those links in the show notes along with all our social media handles so you connect with us there for free. If there's a real estate question you'd like us to answer, feel free to send us a message and we'll cover it in an upcoming show.